Praise the Lord, friends, and welcome to our broadcast. I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. We are talking today about milestones to our destiny. How many of you want to fulfill your God-given destiny? I want to fulfill mine. You know, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagin said this years ago, he said, many believers live and die, even many ministers, and never ultimately fulfill the call that God has for their life. Some, somewhere along the line, they get stuck. And so how can you keep from getting stuck? And yesterday, we talked about the power of joy. And, and, you know, the Bible actually says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we use a couple examples. We use an example from Nehemiah, where, where after Nehemiah built the walls of the city and had leadership restored, they began to read from the law. The priests began to read from the law. And, and they actually, the people began to weep. And there was probably a couple reasons they were weeping. Number one, they were probably weeping because they hadn't been keeping the law. But number two, they were probably weeping because they hadn't been hearing the law for years. But Nehemiah, when they began to weep, he, he stopped them in Nehemiah chapter 8 and said, Weep not nor mourn. He said, I want you to eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions of those who have none prepared for them. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know what? If the devil can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Amen. And God wants you to move into the things that, that he has for you. Praise God. So you've got to keep rejoicing. You know, we talked about this, but joy is, joy is the fuel that fires the passion to do the will of God in our life. And joy gives us strength to do the will of God, overcome the enemy, and move into God's destiny for our life. We also talked about the Apostle Paul. And we talked about how he was attacked by religious people, different people persecuted him, all the different problems that he had. But he said this in Acts 20, 24, he said, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to myself, that I might finish the course that the Lord Jesus called me to run my race with joy and, and preach the gospel of the grace of God. So we want to finish our course. We want to run that and, and we, we need to do that with joy. Amen. So that we can complete what God called us to do. Now we begin with this scripture that talks about this in First Thessalonians 5 verse 16. And to verse 18, three verses, Paul says three things. And I believe these are attitudes that help you fulfill your God-given destiny. Number one, he says, rejoice evermore. Always be rejoicing. Milestones your destiny. This is what we're talking about. Always be rejoicing. Rejoice evermore. Then he says, pray without ceasing. And finally he says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is always God's will for you to be thanking him. You know, if you're breathing, you have something to thank God for. So let's rejoice. Let's look at the good side of things. And um, in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, the scripture says this. He spoke a parable, speaking of Jesus, talking about Jesus, unto his disciples, to this end that men should always pray and not faint saying there was in a city a judge who feared God and neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, what, what does the unjust judge say? Shall not God avenge his own elect who cry to him day and night, though he bear long with them? 
I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? So Jesus talked in his parable, to speaking to his disciples, and said, men should always pray and not to faint. You know what? We always need to be praying. The Bible says pray without ceasing. There in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, right after he says rejoice evermore, he says pray without ceasing. So it says uh, continue instant in prayer, constant in prayer. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, we ought to always be praying. What of attitude of prayer, uh, of fellowship, relationship with God, and, and be listening for what the Holy Spirit says. Now, when he gets down to the end of that parable in verse 7 and verse 8, because he said this unjust judge was in a city and he had this widow and she just wouldn't, she just pestered the heck out of him. You know, sometimes there's people like that. They just pester, pester, pester. And, you know, he says, listen, even though, and he was an unjust judge. He wasn't, wasn't necessarily even a good judge. He wasn't necessarily even a very good man. But he said, lest this woman just keep troubling me by bothering me, I'm just going to give her something to shut her up. And so, <laughs> Jesus, listen to what Jesus said. Now, he says, shall not God. Now, God is not an unjust judge. God is a just judge. He says, shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry unto him day and night, though he bear along with them. So maybe you, ought, you lack some understanding or whatever, but God's still going to take care of you. You know what? The Father knows what you need. Praise God. He knows before you ask him. So keep your attitude right towards God. Now, we could talk a lot of things about attitudes because some people think that God's the problem. I'm here to tell you that God is not your problem. He is your answer. I'm here to tell you that God is ultimately good. He is not the author of death, destruction, and evil. He is not the author of that in any way. He says, I tell you this. Look at verse 8. I tell you this. I tell you this, that he will avenge them speedily. The people who cry to him, his own elect, day and night, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, and look at this very last statement he makes in verse 8. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So we need to pray not faint, keep trusting God, and, and then realize when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? So one signature of prayer or faith is that people have prayer. People pray. Now, all people who pray are not people of faith, right? Or they might have their faith directed in the wrong way. See, I've been to some Buddhist countries, Muslim countries, right? I, I've, I've been to Hindu countries, and I've seen how they pray. And they're not praying to God like we pray to God, but some of them are much more diligent in prayer than we are. So more than trusting in your prayers, you're trusting in God. But because we believe in God, we pray. And I always pray. Why? We, we have a relationship with God. See, prayer for the believer shouldn't be hard. It ought to be easy as breathing. But there's, there's some things that are revealed in prayer. First of all, our attitude toward God, I believe, is revealed in our prayer. He says this. He said, Jesus spoke this parable, Luke 18, verse 1, and said, men should always pray. You should always be praying. You should always be uh, crying out to God. And do not faint. You know, the Bible says this. If you, if you, if you be wary and don't faint, you're going to re, you're going to reap a harvest, you know, but some people, they give up before their harvest. They, they faint before their harvest. I, I want to, I want to share those scriptures. Actually, one of them is in Galatians chapter six, Galatians chapter six. And, and I just want to encourage some people right now. The Lord said, encourage some people. So we're going to encourage you right now with the scripture. Doesn't the scripture encourage you, but it says this, he, he says this in Galatians chapter 6, 
verse 8, he says, He that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption or death. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So he says, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let's keep sowing to the Spirit. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not faint. I want to tell that's a word for somebody today. You stay at it. You keep believing God. You don't give up. Why? Because in due season, you shall reap. Amen. If you do not faint. He says, as we have, therefore, opportunity, let's do good to all men, especially to those of the household of faith. Now, look at this scripture in Hebrews. I believe it's Hebrews chapter 6. He says this same thing. I believe this is a word. Again, it connects with that. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, verse 10. He says this, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints. And do minister. God is not unrighteous. God is not going to forget your labor of love. So don't give up. Keep praying. Keep trusting God. Keep believing God. And God's going to bring you through. Amen? So what does it, what does it show when, when we're always praying and we don't give up, we don't fight? It shows that we have a good attitude towards God. Now, in James chapter 4, James talks about, and James is a great book of faith, right? Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Luke chapter 1, or 18, verse 8. Right after he says in Luke 18, verse 1, men should always pray not to faint. But James is a book of faith. And chapter 1 is talking about the wisdom of faith. Chapter 2 is talking about the action of faith. Chapter 3 is talking about the, what? The words of faith. Chapter 4 is talking about the humility of faith. And chapter 5 is talking about the patience of faith. And, and so, when we pray, it really reveals our attitude. So we want to keep a surrendered and willing and teachable heart. Listen to what James says. James chapter 4, verse 6 through 10. He says, but he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Some people are trying to resist the devil without submitting to God and wonder why the devil doesn't flee. But if you'll, if you'll submit yourselves to God and then resist the devil, the devil's going to flee. So he says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into heaviness. So, so keep, you know, he, he, says, he says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So if you keep a good attitude, right, God, God will promote you. God will help you. He goes on and says this. Listen to this. Talking about always going to God, always praying and not fainting. And, and talking about, we're talking about how milestones are destiny. How, how does that lead us into the will of God? Well, I believe if you keep your heart humble, right, and, and you keep listening, you can hear the voice of God. Now, in James chapter 4, verse 13, he says, go to now you that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. This is what you ought to say. If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knows to do good, does it not? It's sin. So what's he said? Keep your attitude right before God. And, and, and you know what? Keep your heart pliable so, so that God can redirect you. 
Because there's times we miss it, right? And I, I really believe that the reason that, that we miss it sometimes is because we're not 100% spirit. I have a spirit. I am a spirit. I possess a soul and I live in a body. But I'm not only here for my spiritual being, I also have a physical flesh and I have a soul. So, so we've got to stay humble. So if we, if we miss it, we can be redirected into the will of God. Now, um, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible says this, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. I believe if you continue in prayer and you keep thanking God, you keep rejoicing, God is, is going to be directing you into that which you have. And I, I actually believe the reason sometimes believers miss it on a major, you know, basis is they don't spend enough time in the presence of God. You know, the Bible actually says this. Jesus is talking about prayer in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. And he says, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and, and you shall have them. Now, I like to turn that verse around a little bit. And I like to say, when you pray, what things do you desire? Believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Okay. Now, I believe when you get in the presence of God and you spend time in the presence of God that you can just hear from God. And, and there's a number of ways that we can know the will of God. We can know the will of God from the word of God. We can know the will of God from the spirit of God. We can know the will of God from the peace of God. We can know the will of God through godly counsel. And we can know the will of God through gifts of the spirit. And I believe that's the order they come in too. I believe first priority is the word of God. Second priority, right, the spirit of God. And the Spirit leads you into the Word, and you should have peace there. There should be peace at that place. And then godly counsel. And last of all, I believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that God gives his people direction, right? My sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. Jesus said that in John chapter 10. And so I believe that we can know the voice of God, hear the voice of God, follow the voice of God, and when we do it, we will have a good end. Now, there's a, a number of things you know, but I believe praying helps us hear, hear clearly from God. You know, there have been a number of times over the years that I've been counseling people. And in counseling people, they'll be up against a major decision. And I'll tell them, listen, what I want you to do is I want you to go home and I want you to pray in the spirit. I want you to pray in tongues and I want you to pray in tongues for 30 minutes. All right. And I want you to pray in tongues for 30 minutes a day for a week, for seven days. And then I want you to come back and talk to me. Now, inevitably, when I do that, three, four days later, people come back to me, five days, say, Pastor, we got our answer. Praise God, we heard God. And you know what? It's much more important for me that people, rather than just hear from me. Now, if somebody's going absolutely contrary to the word of God, we could tell them, listen, this is what the Bible says. This is what you're saying. You're going to have to go with what the Bible says. But sometimes it's not something that's directly written in the word. It's not directly written in the word. You shall go to Africa or you shall go to Africa in June of 2022, or, or, you know, December of 2020. It's not written directly in the Word of God. So sometimes you, you have to, you just have to clearly hear from the Spirit of God and get direction. Now, it's written, thou shalt not steal, right? It's written, you shall not commit adultery. It's, you know, and so, you know what? You uh, shall not covet your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's thing. So, so we know things that are written in the Word of God says, "Thou shalt not." That's, that, that, that means that that's that's already decided. There's there's no wondering about that. 
But there are things that aren't written in the Word of God that specifically, and, and, and I think when you keep the right attitude towards God and you continually pray and, and keep this heart right before God, you can get direction from the Holy Spirit. You can get direction from God. And that will help you move into what God has for you. Praise God. And, and Paul actually has his, I love Paul's prayers. They're great examples of praying and hearing God and moving into the destiny that God has for you. But uh, Paul prays this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 through verse 11. He says, this I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the praise and glory of God. Amen? So, so we want to keep an attitude of prayer. Now, I said this before. Sometimes I tell people, go pray in tongues. Now, why do I tell them to go pray in tongues? Because the Bible says, when I pray in the Spirit, my understanding is unfruitful. But when I pray in the Spirit, I'm praying in the tongues of men and angels. And I believe when you pray in the Spirit, you, you, you know, you have like a mind bypass and you're praying directly to the heart of God. And, and God, the Holy Spirit, is praying through you the perfect will of God. And many times when I spend time praying in the Spirit, I get direction about a way to go or, or something or how to solve a problem, so on and so forth. So we need to keep the right attitude of, towards God. We need to keep the right attitudes toward people. Some, one thing that will help us a lot of time, I believe, is praying, you know, continually praying, but also praying in the Spirit. Now, Jesus spoke this parable. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 said, Men should always pray and not to faint. But then he said, in verse 7, in that same parable, Luke 18, verse 7, he said, Shall not God avenge his own elect which cry to him day and night? You know, you call on the Lord and he'll answer you. That's what the Bible says in Jeremiah 33, verse 3. And show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Sometimes we do not know where to go. We do not know what to do. But I believe when you spend time in the presence of God, you get direction from God. And he, 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 he helps you. Praise God. Just spend time fellowshipping with God. Spend time in the Word. Praise God. Spend time in prayer. You know, and, and spend time with other believers. I believe that'll help you too. Amen. In fact, I want to give you just a nugget. You know, somebody said, how can, how can I make it and, and not miss it on a regular basis? Well, I'm going to give you this nugget today. In Acts chapter 2, it says this, verse 46, speaking of the early church, they continued daily with one accord, right? Not in strife, not in envying, but, but, but with a unity, with one accord in the temple, in the breaking of bread from house to house did they eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. But when we read earlier in this, in verse 42, he says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's the word. I believe the word gives you direction. And in fellowship. I, I believe if you have fellowship with other believers, you stay in church, stay connected to the right people. Amen. That helps you get direction from God. And in the breaking of bread, that's talking about relationships. Have good relationships with strong people of faith and in prayer. So they continued in the word, right? In fellowship, that to me is church. Okay, I'm a pastor. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think I'm right, okay? And they continued in breaking of bread, relationship with other strong believers, believers of strong faith, and in prayers. They continued in prayers. And you know what? When they did that, 
You know what? They, as they continued daily doing this, it says they praised God and had favor with the, all the people in verse 47. And the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. So we need to keep praying. We need to keep seeking God, get direction from him, and then let God move us into those things that he has for us. Now, another one of Paul's prayers. I, I believe Paul's prayers, if you want to pray on a regular basis with your understanding, I believe Paul's prayers are some of the most powerful prayers that we can pray. And you find them in Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 1, which we already went over, and Colossians chapter 1. But I want to tell you what's different about Paul's prayers. In Paul's prayers, Paul did not focus on weakness. He did not focus on sickness. He did not focus on lack. He didn't focus on the devil, on demons, on disease. Do you know what Paul focused on? He focused on number one. Knowing Jesus, who, who Christ is in a relationship with God. Amen. He focused on what Christ called us to do. And he focused on what Christ invested in us so that we can get the job done. And if you know who he is, you know what he's called you to do, and you know what he's invested in you, you can get the job done. Amen. You can move into your God-given destiny. We're talking about that. Milestones to our destiny. Always be rejoicing. Pray without ceasing. And in everything give thanks. First Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through verse 18. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Read this prayer from the Apostle Paul in verse 9. He says, For this cause also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We want you to know the will of God. We're praying that you know the will of God. Then he says in verse 10 that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all might. I want you to be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. He says this in verse 12 and I want you to really get. So, so he says, I want you to know the will of God. I want you to be filled with his will, the knowledge of his will and wisdom. I want you to be fruitful, increase in the knowledge of God. I want you to be strengthened with the spirit of God. And then he says this, look at verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who made us sufficient to be partakers of the inheritance in, of the saints in life. One translation says he qualified us for his best blessing. Verse 13 says, who has delivered us, who has freed us from the power, from the dominion, from the authority of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches, according to the ultimate wealth of his grace. So this is, I'm praying for you. I want you to know his will. I want you to increase in your knowledge of him your relationship with him. I want you to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. I want you to continually be given thanks. Amen? Because God may qualified you for his good, best blessing. And he freed you from Satan's power. See, he, he doesn't talk about how big the devil is, how bad the devil is, how ugly the devil is. He says, listen, you've been delivered from Satan's power. Amen? You've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. And you've been redeemed from every curse and forgiven for every sin. When you begin to understand that, Amen. It will change the way you live your life. Now, Paul has one more prayer we're going to share before we go off the air today. I don't have time to share them both, but we're going to share one of them in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through verse 19. He's praying for the church at Ephesus, the apostolic church. He's praying, first of all, that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. This is one of the most powerful prayers you can pray. 
if you want to pray in your understanding. Pray Ephesians chapter 1. You can start in verse 15 through verse 23. This is a powerful prayer. He says, would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. You need a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. You need to know Jesus personally and intimately. You need to know Jesus. And he says this, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? You need to know the power that, that he's given to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So he says, I want you to know him. I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He says this, I want you to know the exceeding, and he says this, that the eyes of your understanding would be in light, that you would know the hope of his calling. I missed that in verse 18. He says that you know the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance. So I want you to know him. I want you to know what he's called you to do, right? I want you to know what he's invested in you so you can get it done. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And finally, he says, I want you to know the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. He says, according to the working of his mighty power, the power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality. He's where? Far above. So he's not talking about big devil. He's talking about Jesus Christ is Lord. I want you to know him, understand who he is. I want you to know what he's called you to do. I want you to know what he's invested in you so you can get the job done. I want you to know that the power that he released to you in his resurrection, when God raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand, far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who carries all things. See, we started with this. We ought to always pray and not faint. And, and prayer reveals our attitude towards God. We got to get our heart attitude right. And when you're praying and you keep your heart attitude right, God can direct you. If you're going the wrong direction, you keep a soft heart. Humble yourselves before God, right? Because God gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. He can direct you. He can direct your heart. He can direct you into that which he has for you. So keep the right attitude towards God. Have a relationship with God. You need to pray out of a relationship with God. That's what he's talking about here in Ephesians 1, verse 17. He says that you may know him, and the, you know, and, and the, you know that, that, that you may and be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that you may know him. Know what he called you to do. And then know what he invested you. He invested resurrection power. He's invested gifts. And he's invested things in you so that you can accomplish what he's called you to do. Praise God. And when you do that, you will have confidence in God. We'll talk about that in another broadcast. Thank you so much, friends, for tuning into the broadcast today. I hope that you've enjoyed the broadcast. I hope you'll get my series. This is a three-CD series on milestones to our destiny where we talk about the power of rejoicing, the power of prayer, and the power of thanksgiving. God bless you. If you need prayer today, call us. We have trained prayer ministers waiting to receive your call. And I want to say a great big thank you to our partners for helping us produce this broadcast and touch people's lives. Blessings.